Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Old Testament reading of Ecclesiastes chapter 5, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, last week we talked about there being three kinds of people that Solomon talks about in Ecclesiastes. Wise people, foolish people, and evil people. And what separates them isn't intelligence or education. The difference is their heart, especially with regard to the truth. Wise people want to know the truth and learn from it. Foolish people want to argue over the truth, not change, and remain stuck in their foolishness. Evil people hate the truth, refuse to change, and cause harm to others. When you hear these three options, you might take a look at your own life and ask the question of, am I wise? Am I foolish? Or am I evil? The answer, of course, is yes. You are all of these things at some point or another in your life. And as we dig into Ecclesiastes chapter 5, we're going to see how these things are applied to specifically the church, at least in regards to the foolish and the wise. And obviously when the definition of these three all had to do with their responses to the truth, when looking specifically at the church, we're going to apply their response to the truth of God's word. So then, what is the truth of God's word? John 3.16 is a pretty good verse for that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came for us. This is what he's done for us. He gave his life. For those of you who are wise, who believe, you get this. For those who are not, you don't. It doesn't make sense. Because why does somebody need to come for me? I mean, it sounds nice that that's cool, God loves me, but why do I have to believe in him in order to have eternal life? And why without him am I going to perish? And this is the reason there is the law. Because the gospel does not reach the hearts of those who have no need for it. They first have to understand the need for a savior. Paul comes in with Romans chapter 3. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All means all. All people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God places his standards, his expectations at perfection. He lays out what he wants you to do in life. These are his commands, his rules. And you don't live up to that. You are not perfect. No one is perfect. You are a sinner. And sin is disobeying God's commands. And that's not all because your sin has a consequence. Not living up to God's standards, which none of us can do, there's a penalty. Paul goes on. For the wages of sin is death. What you all deserve for your disobedience is death. We had Ash Wednesday this past week and we're reminded that the consequence for sin given to Adam, the first sinner, is that we are made of the dust of the ground. To that ground we shall return. The consequence for sin is physical death. But there's more. 
Paul says in Ephesians 2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Satan is clearly at work in the world, leading people astray, leading them to continue in their sinful, evil ways, not wanting them to hear the word of God and be changed by it. Paul continues, All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. We've all been there, done that. We are all disobedient. We are all evil, and we are all deserving of God's wrath, his eternal punishment. We are all deserving of hell. We are all dead men. We are not alive. We are dead spiritually. And when the word of God pierces your ears, mind, and heart so that you can understand that you are dead, deserving of death, and the Holy Spirit works in you to believe this, the gospel can answer you with the sweet solution that God loves you so much that he sent Jesus, the only one who ever lived a perfect life on this earth as true God and true man, to die on the cross for you, for your sins, to take your death and hell and to rise from the dead, to give you the promise of eternal life, of heaven, not hell. And then Paul says this in Ephesians for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. You have been saved, not because you deserved it, but because you didn't deserve it. It's a gift. Salvation, forgiveness, faith, it's all a gift from God who loves you. You don't depend on your works for your salvation so that you can boast in them. You depend on Christ and his work, and thus you can only boast in him. However, as Solomon reminds us, not everybody is wise. There are many fools in our world, even in the house of God amongst us today. And we can see what you can easily do with the word of God when you hear that you are a sinner and there is nothing you can do to save yourself. The fool could easily respond in one of two ways. To disagree and do everything in their power to save themselves. They will focus on their work, on their actions, on their words. And also because they heard someone else preaching about the importance of works being the fruit of faith. These people offer the sacrifice of fools and they don't even know they are doing wrong, as Solomon says. That is why they are fools. The only people who do wrong knowing full well that they are doing wrong or evil in the eyes of God are those who are evil. That's why they seek to cause harm to others. Complete disregard for God and others. Whereas fools might cause harm but they don't actually know they're doing wrong. Take, for instance, the Pharisees. They thought they were doing right. They thought they were wise. Yet they were truly blind, as Jesus says. This makes them foolish. They may have heard the word of God as it was given straight to their ears, hearts, and minds by Jesus, the word of God himself. But they argued against that word 
because it went against everything they believed about God and his word. Therefore, they ended up calling evil good and good evil. They were foolish in their way of life. And as a result, they were also foolish with their prayers. In the parable of the Pharisee and tax collector, the Pharisee's prayer lifted up himself, exalted himself over that sinner, that tax collector. Their prayers were ones that lifted up themselves or went on and on and on and didn't actually say anything of substance. The other foolish option is to throw your arms up and say, if my works don't do anything for me, they're meaningless and it's all about faith, then I might as well just keep on sinning and not do any works at all because it doesn't matter anyway. My faith is sufficient for me. Paul would respond with, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Faith doesn't give you a free path to sin. In fact, true repentance is not wanting to continue in your life of sin. Jesus didn't die for your sins so that you would use faith in him as the grounds for your sinful living. Jesus was buried and rose from the ground so that you would believe in him and die to sin, not continue to live in it. The greatest foolish voice there is that is constantly attacking you is Satan, a fool and evil. He's a talker with meaningless words. He's a babbler. He has to be in order to convince you to believe foolish and evil things. He has to keep going and going and going. And if one thing, trick, doesn't work, he'll try another one. And he starts by attacking God's word, which he's been doing from the beginning, with four simple words. Did God really say? His goal is to make you foolish, make you evil, to lead you away from Christ. What should we do then? Well, Solomon tells us, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. When you come to the house of God, when you come to worship, come to hear. Come to hear the word of God read and preached in its truth and purity. Do not despise the word of God. If you despise the word of God, you are a fool, or you are evil, or you are both. Don't be one of those extremes. Be in the middle. Be wise. Also, when you come to worship to the house of God, come and receive. Come and listen, and actually listen to the word of God. Do not listen to the lies of the world, your sinful flesh, and what Satan tell you. Hear the truth of God's word, because these words are not meaningless. These are the words of eternal life, but neither the evil or the fool hears them. Be wise. Your salvation does depend on your faith, and your works do have an importance but don't trust your works to get you to heaven. And also realize these aren't your works, rather fruit. 
They are the fruits of the Spirit. They are the outpouring of the Spirit working in your life to bear fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when you pray, don't be like the Pharisees and exalt yourself and think of yourself as superior to everyone else. Because when you stand before God Almighty, you should quickly realize that he is God and you are not. Or as Solomon said, God is in heaven and you are on earth. And that should be humbling enough, unless you are evil or a fool. Also, when you pray, don't go on and on and on without saying anything. Don't babble like the pagans who think they are being heard because they just keep talking. Don't keep talking if nothing you're saying has meaning. Let your words be few and make them count. Be intentional in your prayers. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Be wise. And many of these things that you are called to do are laws. You do them, not because it earns your salvation, but because the Spirit is alive in you, working to do these God-pleasing things to give you wisdom. And it's wisdom that shows you that God has taken you, the foolish, evil person you are. And he, through his word, has made you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Forgiveness, faith, salvation, wisdom, all gifts from God by his grace because of his love for you. And his grace is more than sufficient for you. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.